Welcome to the Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller on February 9th, Hump Day. Glad you are here. Thanks for joining us. Wow. I don't have much for you guys. So we're going to do a listener question because the sky is pretty much as it is as we set it up on Monday and then kind of reiterated yesterday. We have one little teeny tiny thing in the chart today of difference, and that is that the moon at 426 this morning, Eastern time, will move into Gemini. So it's a great day to get your thinking cap on, like if you want to internalize some thoughts or if you want to just chat, pick up the phone and call somebody you haven't talked to for quite a while because the energy is with you to have a great conversation. So with that, let's take a couple of minutes here and talk astrology with Helen across the pond. Hello, Thomas. I hope you're good. This is Helen calling in again from London. Still loving listening to the podcast and hearing about your life on the road. Uh, my question is on Uranus half returns. I've got mine starting this year and I am wondering, as I have Uranus sitting on my ascendant, will I get almost like a double whammy? And will it affect me more than my friends of the same age who don't have this Uranus placement? My Saturn returns wasn't much fun as it sits on my north node and my midheaven. But I really enjoy the Uranus side of my personality and my chart and hoping that this one will bring me lots of great surprises. Thanks. Man, I love it when you guys who are not in the United States reach out and it just goes to show that we are such one big world because all you have to do is type funastrology.com in a browser no matter where you are on the planet and hit that orange button at the top and we are so connected. And at the same time, we're speaking the same language. It's beautiful. Well, Helen, thank you for being in tune with your life. Thank you for following astrology. And obviously, she is aware of these life transits that we've talked about on here before in previous episodes. This one, the Uranus, as she's saying, half return or opposition. Uranus gives us four juicy, delicious opportunities to interact with it in our life. So Uranus takes 84 years to do a complete orbit around the sun. So 84, and we just take that into fourths, we get 21. So that's a rite of passage in and of itself. That's the first Uranus square. And we know that that movement from our teenage years into our 20s can be a very interesting time. And a lot of things happen during that time that, you know, sometimes get unwound later in life, don't they? So 21. 42, this is where Helen is. This is the Uranus opposition, or as she's saying, and it is a proper terminology, the half return. And then the one that I'll have coming up in a little while is 63. That's the second square. And then if you are blessed with years and vitality, you will have a full return of Uranus at age 84. Now, Helen, it's interesting that you catch me at this point point talking about this because I've just been doing this big review of one of the elements in Chris Brennan's Hellenistic Astrology module. It's the one on zodiacal releasing, but it's so thick and deep in the woods of ancient or Hellenistic astrology that your question comes at kind of a unique time because I've been listening to that perspective, which is a lot different from modern astrology. 
you know, modern astrology is basically all about our personality. And then if you take evolutionary astrology that Steve Forrest teaches, it's about our soul journey and how the planets align to set us up for that path. And that's really my preferred way to look at the chart. But I love looking at the full spectrum of everything. And even though Hellenistic astrologers did not know that Uranus was there, it wasn't discovered during their time on the Earth, they did have some interpretive principles that I think are worth acknowledging. And to the Hellenistic astrologers, life was not all a bed of roses. In fact, they very much acknowledged and dealt with the shadow side of life. So, as Helen alluded to, and we don't know the details, but she does, that her Saturn return was something that the Hellenistic astrologer would have sat with his arms folded, scratching his little silver beard and going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You would not have surprised him one bit <laughs> by saying that it was interesting. Now, I really do believe this about consciousness in general. I believe that it has progressed greatly, obviously, over the last 2,000 to 2,500 years. Things that we know now were not even in their space back then. And one of the things that we know now is that we can consciously choose our path and align with it. So we are not marionettes as puppets hanging on the strings of planets. And how do we know that? Because we know very conscious creators who know nothing about astrology, who simply create their lives, and a lot of times you'll find that they are completely paralleled with the energies in their chart, but they live very powerful lives and don't follow astrology. The author that I've narrated 30 audiobooks for, Fred Dodson, is a perfect case in point. He acknowledges astrology, but he doesn't follow it. And he creates a very amazing life for himself by just using conscious creation. So, Helen, to that end, I'm going to advocate that the experience that you will have with this Uranus re half return, Uranus opposition, will be the experience that you choose to create. So it's like, what would you like to see surprise jump into your life all of a sudden? Well, be focusing on that. And maybe that creative spark, along with your conscious creation, will make that happen for you. But <laughs> I'm going to borrow from what I've been listening to the last couple of days. By the way, on the van tour, where is Thomas? Thomas is in North Carolina. I'm back where it all began, in Hickory, North Carolina, I'm at my storage unit, and I am retooling, repacking. You know, I've got about, what, now six weeks or so under my belt of figuring this thing out, and I know kind of how I want to reshape the van for the next venture out, working on some of the technological infrastructure, including how we communicate here, things that will make this more efficient and better, and working on finishing an audiobook. So I'm going to stay here and just kind of get all that done and while I'm working, I've been listening to Hellenistic astrology. So there you go. Now, one of the things that the zodiacal releasing concept, and that's one of the things we talked about in the 101 course, but you course participants, I'm going to be retooling that section after listening to Chris. There are things that I need to go back and revamp. It is really deep stuff, but one of the things that is prominent in zodiacal releasing are the angular houses, all right? That's your first house commonly known as the rising sign. Your 10th house, I'm kind of going backwards here, the 10th house is our 
known as the career house, or it's how we show up energetically to the world. And according to the Hellenistic astrologers, those were the two most activated houses. Those were the most two most powerful areas. And Helen just mentioned, listen to what she said, Uranus is getting ready to hit her ascendant, that's the first house, Saturn hit her midheaven, you see, and she said, oh, what's getting ready to happen? Well, those are active spots in the chart. One of the things I really respect about the ancients is they observed the connection between the stars and real life. It wasn't theoretical. It was observational. Like they saw how people responded and they formulated these opinions based on a lot of time that they had back then to explore these things. Now then, the other two angular houses are the fourth house and the seventh house, and according to the ancients, they were not as activated as the first and the tenth. But the four of them together are the more active places in your chart. So if you're going to have a Uranus opposition in your first house, then you could expect activity. Energetic activity. Now that means that the energy is there. Is it going to come up and hit you? Well, if you're sitting there unconscious, it might because Uranus would like to mess with you, kind of like the cat and the ball, you know, or the little mouse or something. But if you're living consciously and you hit that age, then you can literally, I think, use that energy to your advantage by your intentional creation. We have another podcast listener who just had her 42nd this week as well and was saying that the energy has been a little wonky of late and, you know, it could be partially related to this whole inner experience that is going on. And she's very conscious, lives a very conscious life, and yet here is Uranus maybe trying to shake a few things up. Typically, the Uranus opposition gets a reputation as the midlife crisis, Right. How many motorcycles have been bought <laughs> by various people in their early 40s or boats or second homes or divorces or affairs or all of these kinds of things are very typical of this early 40s period. So if you think about the 21st birthday, the first square, that's the passage between our teenage years and our young adult years. And that is a shakeup kind of time. It's a time when we're anticipatory. We're looking ahead. We're expecting the future. Then we fast forward another 21 years, same amount of time, and we go, ah, it's halfway over. <laughs> and we look back, right? So the Uranus opposition is this crisis of midpoint. It's like, ah, so many years gone. Here's Bob Seeger's line from the song, Roll Me Away. 20 years. Where'd they go? 20 years. I don't know. They go so fast, and all of a sudden, that hits you. So you kind of want to relive that connection back to that square and go buy your motorcycle and your boat and have an affair and do all of this stuff that makes you feel 21 again. But the problem is you're 42. Then you have kind of this bam-bam in the early 60s when you have the second Saturn return at 59 and the Uranus third square at 63, and that sets you up for, am I going to be a curmudgeon or am I going to be a really cool old guy or old gal? And you kind of realize, okay, these are the golden years. And you know, what's common to each of these as you think about it is that we are creating what's ahead. At 21, we're creating our life. 
at 42, we're creating our memories of the midlife era. And how are we going to set up these next 20 years? Because 42 to 63 is a very, very productive time. So how are you going to use it? Are you going to flirt it away based on past things that scare you and you didn't get to do? Or are you going to create those as the pivotal, foundational, most significant years of your life? And then when we get to 63, we're creating what our elder years are going to be. How are we going to wrap it up? How are you going to finish strong? Or are you going to finish weak? Are you going to be a leader or a mentor and a guide and an inspiration? Or are you going to be a curmudgeon taking up space on an overcrowded planet? Man, I'm cranked up today. I better chill out. Go have another cup of coffee. (laughs) So take all of that, Helen, and I hope that you create a marvelous experience for yourself and that you bring in something that sets up these next 21 years as being some of the most amazing years as you peel the calendar off for the next 21 times that you look back at each one of them and you go, wow, 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 and wow. Make it that kind of an experience. Wow, we just did a whole Uranus return, Uranus cycle podcast. There are many episodes. I should paste this over into the course. Hope you guys have a great hump day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for staying with it. Hope it helped. Take care. Sending all of you love wherever your Uranus may be.